much, and we are back. Thank you. BNN, thank you for hosting the program. Chuck Moore Speaks. My guest is Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld, and we're talking primarily about his new book published by WND, Crimes of the Educators. Sam, this uh, we've talked in the first segment about the background of the so-called progressive educators, the change agents, the frontier thinkers, and how they've dumbed down our system deliberately but carefully over time, and how they've tried to transfer us from sovereign citizens who can think on our own cognitively, who understand, are able to determine our own lives, not that we can't anyway, but nevertheless, the agenda being to transfer that to a more docile behaviorist system where people are more prone to be of a collectivist orientation. They've removed God, they've removed all of the institutions that make us think normally. And that the, the, the end result is what we are dealing with now with this so-called common core or communist core, as it were. <laughs> and um, what that is, is it's primarily, it's run first of all by private groups there's a lot of publishers involved, there's a lot of businesses involved, and it is trying to standardize all of the education under one agus, which not only applies nationally to all 50 states, ultimately, or to all the states that are participating, but it even has international connections with UNESCO. Here in Massachusetts, the empty suit governor, Deval Patrick, took our education system here, which was very good, and which had, we'd worked decades to create, and he threw it out and replaced it with Common Core mm -hmm. Curriculum, which is a disgrace. I mean, the, the, the idea that we would, we would have to lower our standards in Massachusetts to fit into this Common Core Curriculum because the Common Core people in Washington or wherever they are, they sent, they, they sent a lot of money to Massachusetts, but it also brought us in conformity with this overall agenda. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about what this agenda is with Common Core, because people, both left, right, and center, are becoming increasingly aware of this. Well, the, the, the basic uh, thrust of Common Core is to federalize American education. In other words, get rid of the local public schools, they all become federal schools, and, and eventually teachers will become federal employees. Now, the whole business of creating high standards, you cannot have high standards without high literacy. And there is nothing in the program that achieves high literacy. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in Bellingham, Washington, uh, they now have a full-time kindergarten program. And one of the ways they are teaching children to read is by reading wordless picture books. Can you imagine reading a wordless picture book? Is that gonna teach you to read? It's like teaching someone how to run by showing them to sit down. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. I mean, sense. their reading program is outrageous. It's wrong, yeah. It's terrible. And it's the same with math. We've heard all kinds of stories about how they're teaching arithmetic because they refuse to acknowledge that arithmetic is a memory system and that you have to memorize the arithmetic facts because they don't believe in rote learning. They don't believe in memorization. Well, then how are you going to figure out an arithmetic problem if you don't memorize the arithmetic facts? You yeah. wind up counting your, by your fingers, by ones. 
And also, if a, if a child is not taught the necessary reflex that goes into the ability to memorize and memorize more over time, then they're not going to be. That's part of learning. That's part of critical thinking. Exactly. It's a basic. And and memorization is the easiest way for children to learn. Sure. You see, well, I mean, of course, they'll tell, you it's, they'll tell you it's boring, right? Yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> But, but there's nothing boring about mastering the arithmetic system. Mm -hmm. Children love it when they master it and can add up a column of figures without any problems, you know. Of course. I mean, they, they develop an actual ability, a function, and that that as a byproduct leads to a sense of self-esteem, as opposed to like methods where they actually try to teach self-esteem itself as yes. a topic, well, as if also, you don't have to do anything to gain self-esteem. Yeah. Well, and also, for example, they they believe they no longer have to teach writing. So what happens as the kid, they, they don't have to teach writing or spelling. I see. So the kids wound up, wind up writing in, in a, like chicken scratches, you mm -hmm. know, that's, they don't know, how, they don't even know how to hold a pen. You know, when I was growing up, we were taught, when I was in school, we yeah. were taught how to actually hold the pen. Sure and how to form the letters, and how to join the letters together in cursive. Today, the kids are not taught anything. They're completely on their own. And so they do anything they can. But that, all that does is create bad habits. And my precept is never let a child develop a bad habit. Exactly, especially at that age. Exactly, at that age, the proper right. You know, the, the, the other aspect of Common Core, and this is maybe a little off the subject of classic education, is that it has a political agenda. Like, for example, they teach the Constitution in a way that they don't actually show the child the Constitution itself. You don't find constitutions in school. What they show them is a summation of the Constitution that they wrote, and in that summation, they take the First Amendment and they remove the part about freedom of religion, or they change it so that it's oh, yes. really... Yeah. And in the Second Amendment, they remove the part about the right to keep and right. bear arms. They, they just leave in the part about the, the well-regulated militia. Right. So in other words, regardless of what you might think of their politics, not only are they engaging in a political interpretation of the Constitution, but they're lying. The Constitution exactly. says what it says. They are changing the actual Constitution, the text of it. Never mind the meaning of it, which obviously they're changing. So if you take a look at these common core books when it comes to things like, like social studies, civics, history, it, it is filled with agenda. They're also doing a lot, spending a lot of time focusing on, in a very positive way, Islam. Did you know that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Young people yeah. are learning about the greatness and the glories of Islam. I thought that these people were supposed to be against religion in schools. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they found a religion that they can glorify. But, you know, you don't mention anything about, about Christ or about God. It's, but Islam is okay. So I'm bringing this up whether you agree with these issues or not. The point is, do you want your child to be taught the political agenda of someone else, even if it's one you agree with. Exactly. And it's, yeah, go, go well, ahead. you know, uh, 
Uh, uh, Chuck, I believe that every child in a public school should read the Constitution of the United States. It's only 4,000 words, you know. It's, it's very short. It's one of the shortest documents. We have law, we, for example, uh, the healthcare law is thousands right. of pages. But the, but the very Constitution of the United States, the foundation of our government, is based on this small booklet. And, and you know, every child should be, should be taught to read it because it's yeah. not that long. It's not that difficult. And, and the amazing thing about the Constitution is that it can be understood by any high school student. Exactly. It is not written in the way laws are written now where you have, like you say, Obamacare, where Nancy Pelosi says you'll have to pass it in order to find out what's in it. Yeah. And it's something like in the, in the level of well over 1,000 pages. The Constitution is written simply, succinctly. You can look it up, you can carry it around, and you can refer to it and learn it. And I think that if that one thing were done, if there's one takeaway today from this show, it's that you should get a copy of the Constitution. They're available for free. You can contact the, the, the Cato Institute, uh, the, the Heritage Foundation. They'll send you one for free. You know, if you don't want to pay for it, it's a tiny booklet. Carry it around with you. Look at it when you're at a coffee break. Look, you know, just, just read it. Peruse it. Yeah, you know, think about it. Peruse it. It has, it, it, not only will you learn how our government is supposed to function, but you'll understand in clear terms the philosophy of it, why our founding fathers created this system of, of balances, of, of, a, of a diffusion of power, why it, it, they did it so we could be a self-governing people. Yes, and not only that, but the foundation of our, of our entire political system is based on the Bible, on That's the right. Holy Bible. I mean, and you can oh, read it in, in the Declaration of Independence. That's what right. does it say? It says, all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And how can you pursue the ha uh, how can you pursue the uh, pursue happiness unless you're free to do so? Well, Sam, the whole concept of um, created equal is a biblical concept. It's a religious concept. Yes. It's not a scientific concept. Right. I mean, if you took it, if you take a look at modern science, which is Darwin's theory of, of breeding, we're not created equal. Darwin believed that we are on different levels of the evolutionary chain. Some people are more evolved than others, and that ultimately out's going to pop a superior species or race. And Darwin used those words interchangeably. The fact is that we, you know, the religious idea, which comes from the book of Genesis, is that we're all created equal because men and women, and it does say both men and women, were created in the image of the creator of the universe, right. God. So that whole concept is the foundation of our constitutional system. It's also the foundation, as you say, we're endowed by the creator, which means that the state does not endow us with rights. We don't look to a man-made government to give us rights. Rights are inherent. They come from a force outside of government. They right. come from a force that can't be manipulated by government or by people. Now, we as religious people believe that force is God. You may not be religious. You can say it's nature if you want, or nature's God. But the fact is that the idea, the philosophy, the principle 
is that rights do not come from the state. Rights do not come from man. Rights are inherent. Rights are beyond the ability exactly. to control. They are part of, the, of being hum a human being uh, and having been created in the image of God. But if you listen and to the, the ethos of today, it's that the government is giving you certain things. You know, I've had people on my show, the government is letting you keep more of what you've earned. Right, yeah. You know, if they give you a tax cut, they're giving you something. They're not giving you anything. You're keeping more of that which you created. Exactly. They're not giving you anything when they give you property. Property is a right. That's in the Bible. When Abraham purchased the cave of Machpelah for his wife and to bury his family, that was the beginning of private property. It's still there in Hebron. Yeah. That very that first purchase in history, you know, these ideas come from the Bible. That is what our system is based on. Whether or not you know, this is putting aside you know theological questions, religious questions. The text of it is consonant with the ability to identify principles that are inherent. Exactly, and as a matter of fact. The, the purpose of government, as expressed in the Declaration, is to secure the God-given rights of the people. That's right. It's not to take them away. It's to preserve, protect, and defend. Right, right. That and which well, is a what, given. Yes. Yeah. And, and we have all of these uh, politicians who take their oath on the Bible. You know, most of them do. Right. And uh, they, they, they take the oath to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, and they, they proceed to violate their oaths. I mean, it's ridiculous what goes on in Washington, D.C. We have, a, we, in the United States today, we have a large number of very productive people, businessmen, intellectuals, uh, scholars, uh, and particularly uh, the, uh, the workers of this country who want to make a living, mm -hmm. and yet we have a political class in Washington that is totally detached from what goes on outside of the Beltway. And, and that creates a situation where we are a nation ruled by idiots. I mean, we're an intelligent people ruled by idiots. Does that make sense? Well, look, the, yeah, it does. But I mean, <laughs> the, the people who are put in office are supposed to represent us. They're not supposed to rule. They're put in there, according to the Constitution, for a very set period of time. They are supposed to reflect our values, and they are supposed to represent us within the overall agus of the Constitution which tells them what they're to do. But what we've seen, and we were talking to bring the topic back to Common Core curriculum, is we have witnessed over the past decades, not just this administration, it actually goes back to the Wilson administration. We have witnessed a centralization of control over different aspects of our lives by powers outside of ourselves. not even necessarily the government. Often it's the government working with private entities that are involved with running aspects of our life that previously we had run. And I'll just get into the modern examples. Common Core Curriculum, running our education. Uh, Agenda 21, 
running the environment as opposed to letting local communities and states make environmental right. laws. Yeah. And the EPA, which is almost a sovereign entity. Uh, the nationalization of our policing. Police used to be run by local county sheriffs. It's not, you know, we, we've seen a trend toward the federal government uh, militarizing police departments and militarizing federal agencies. That is a move toward a national police. That's what they did in Nazi Germany yeah, with the Gestapo exactly. and Soviet Russia with the Cheka. In other words, what we're moving toward is a nanny state, a state that where the government gives rights, where the government controls areas of endeavor, things that we're involved in. You know, our right to conduct our business, increasingly controlled by federal agencies, particularly the so-called Consumer Protection Agency, which was created by Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. This has the power to go into a business and simply confiscate computers. They don't, even, they don't need a search warrant. They can just go in and do it. This is a federalization of business. The right of the government now to, the demanding a government can tell somebody how to bake a cake, you know, or how to take a picture. That is the government controlling a business and telling a person who conducts business how they are to create what they do, their product, their service. This is a federalization of how we live our lives. It is the ultimate expression of the nanny state. And it is, uh, you know, there's an old fashioned word for this, Sam, fascism. Right. But you know what's interesting is that there's a growing resistance on the part of parents, public school parents, and uh, uh, against these tests, the common core mm. tests. Yeah, don't take them. My advice to parents, tell their children, do not take these surveys, don't take these tests. They ask questions that are none of their business. They don't need to know what your parents, you know, the, the psychological makeup of your parents, whether there's a gun in the house. They don't need to know those things. There's no reason. That information is going into a national computer. Don't, you don't have to answer those questions. Opt out. Parents, tell your children that they can politely say, no, thank you. We're not taking any of these tests. And I've heard cases where parents have done this, and the children are then, they can't make them take it. So they, they, they then penalize them subtly by saying, well, you're not going to be able to go out on the field trip. You're not going to be able to do this and that. But if enough parents stand up and say, we're not participating, we're not going to answer questions that are none of your business, there's nothing in it for us. We're not going to answer questions that's going to go into a computer, then, then they'll, they'll have to sit up and take notice, and they right. will not uh, be administering uh, these, uh, these, this, uh, these things. This is becoming a national movement among uh, public schoolers. I know out in Seattle at the high schools there, they just refuse to take the tests and uh, they've created uh, a stir throughout the nation. Great. And uh, they've, books have been written already by the resistors, Good. the test resistors, and the, well, we're the talking idea about is spreading so that you have it in New York City. I don't know if we've had it here in the Boston I've, area. I've interviewed some people on my show, very liberal people. This yeah. isn't a conservative. This is, we're conservatives, but this is something where you have a convergence of liberals and conservatives who are resisting this. And it was saying, my, my children are not going to take these surveys. It is none of the government's business, you know, well, what, yeah. what, what their attitudes are, what they're thinking. But you know, also we know that these tests come from the federal government yeah. in their takeover. The common core curriculum is the takeover of 
all the schools of America by the federal government. It's as yes, simple it is, as it's that. A, it's a federalization of and, the education. And the the, it's all being financed by the Department of Education, by the, uh, not the no child left behind, but the race to the top. The, the so-called, have you heard the race to the top? Yes, how, many, how, how much money well, what, has been... What, what it's amounting to is a race to the bottom. And, and that's only, what we're getting. Yeah, and not only that, but these, the whole Department of Education, how many people are we feeding and clothing over there as taxpayers? <laughs> I mean, what have they done anything? Is we want to get rid of since that Since they department. were created in 1978, have they done anything to improve the education of a single American child? Not a, absolutely, not a bit. And the interesting thing about it is that in the bowels of the Department of Education is this huge computer that's collecting data on every single child in our public well, that's, schools. That's why I'm saying don't answer these surveys. Yeah. You know, it could come back to bite you later. Exactly. You know, let's say you grow up and you become a dissenter of some sort. You're going to find that suddenly these things, you know, that, you know. Well, you know, you have all of these tentacles mm. that are working to create a totalitarian state in America where we're going to be controlled on every single step of the way. And the thing is that it's now becoming so obvious that a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the American government is way off track. Is it too late, Sam? Given the fact how much the media has been in the tank, especially dur during the Obama administration, yes. there hasn't been any critical ana analysis you well, know, no, the media is on, of, of the, the major media is on, is with the government. They're part and, you know, of the it's government. Even like when, when John F. Kennedy was president, the, he was a good liberal and he was, a, you know, the, the, the media investigated him. They looked into scandal. They don't do that anymore. You know, so, when John, but John F. Kennedy made one terrible mistake. He unionized government employees. Well, that's another subject. We'll do that another day, Sam, but that's a very important thing yeah. that you've brought to my attention. Anyway, Sam, we're reaching toward the end of the program, so I'd like you to hold up your book, Crimes of Crimes. the Educators. Hold it up. Yeah, here it is. And that's, uh, that's uh, published by WorldNet Daily, WND Books. Right. Um, it's an excellent read. I've really, I mean, this is, Sam is a researcher that, uh, par excellence, you, uh, you document this whole rotten edifice going back to John Dewey right up till today, and how destructive they've been to our children, how they've scrambled our children's minds. Sam, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, we shall return in due course. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining me on my radio show, which is at USA Radio Networks every morning from 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time. And um, onward and upward, we've got what? <laughs> And, uh, you know, the book is really just starting to roll out. So I'm very excited to see. I think well, this book it, could play. It, it's, it represents 40 years of research. 40 years of research has gone into this, and it's coming out. Not